0: All right, what a, what a great morning, huh? Let's uh, express our thanks to the kids and the leaders. You know who every week behind the scenes are helping our kids to understand what it means to find their way back to God. Let's just say thanks to all the leaders that give every week in Kids City. You bet. Uh, My name is John Ferguson, and I'm one of the teaching pastors here. And, uh, boy, I tell you, what a great morning. It's like 60 degrees outside. We got the kids singing. We got Corey getting baptized. The worship was incredible. You know, I mean, I just need to, like, like get a little single here, and the day's been awesome, right? Tell you what, thanks for being here and celebrating with us uh, at Community Christian Church. There is no place... Uh, that I would rather be. So thanks, thanks for being here. A uh, quick show of hands, just kind of get you thinking along s- a certain uh, uh, line of thinking. Uh, how many of you enjoy going to garage sales, flea markets, and those types of sales? All right. Wow, almost half of you do. Okay. You, know, you never know what you might find beneath a stack of great you know, old uh, LPs, right? Or a, or, a, or a pile of Tupperware, right? Uh, how many of you, though, are like me and mm, you're not really too crazy about those kind of sales? Okay, you know, it looks like we're about divided like 50-50. Well, what I'm going to tell you might change your mind, okay? Just a few months ago, a teacher from Charleston, South Carolina, was trying to sell a painting for a few bucks in a garage sale, and nobody wanted it, so on a whim, she decided to have it appraised. Turned out to be worth $105,000. Yeah, uh, in 2010, a guy by the name of Rudy Guiero bought some old photos from a sale because he liked the older tin-type look to them. One of those photos turned out to be a rare picture of Billy the Kid from 1878. The picture is worth over $5 million. You know what he paid for it? Two bucks. That's a nice investment. And if that story doesn't make you want to go treasure hunting, okay, here's this one. A guy paid $5 for a pile of documents that turned out to be Coca-Cola stock certificates. Yeah, that's a good day, huh? Yeah, the estimated worth, $1.8 billion, with a B dollars. Yeah. yeah, wow is right. Now, we like those stories, don't we? and we'd probably like them even more if they happened to us are you with me yeah how about it i think something in us loves the thrill of a hunt especially when it comes to unearthing valuable items that everybody else thinks is worthless and here's what we got to remember about hidden treasures today people just because someone isn't aware of something's value doesn't make it worthless just because someone isn't aware of something's value doesn't Make it worthless. Remember that, okay? Because today we continue our series, The Thrill of Hope. And that's a line from one of my favorite Christmas carols Oh Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. That great song reminds us, doesn't it, that the first Christmas night was holy, it was sacred. It was like no other night in all of the history of the world. But what I want you to do today for just a few moments, I want you to think about that line, the soul felt its worth. Think about that line, the soul felt its worth. I mean, what does that really mean, the soul felt its worth? I don't know about you, but I think it's easier for me to look back on times in my life when my soul hadn't felt its worth, especially when I was a kid. You know, I grew up playing Little League Baseball, and I was a pitcher, or at least they told me I was a pitcher, I came in one time, and this was in peanut league, and I walked the bases loaded. I not only walked the bases loaded, I walked four guys in. And you know what happens in little league when the bases are loaded? You get to throw eight balls to walk a guy in. I didn't need a calculator to even figure out how many balls I threw that day. I mean, I thought, what coach was he, what was he possibly thinking? Or, or later on, uh, you know, when I was in eighth grade, and in an effort to impress my girlfriend... I went on the Tilt-A-World ride one too many times at the St. Mary's Carnival, (laughs) got sick to my stomach, and literally threw up on her. True story. (laughs) You wonder why I am the way I am. Yeah, it's amazing I made it through adolescence. It really is. No, my soul did not feel its worth. (laughs) But I, I would say it is easier, isn't it, to look back and see the times when our soul hasn't felt its worth, and it may have been more serious circumstances. Maybe a relationship fell apart. Or maybe an addiction or a destructive behavior, you know, just seemed to get the best of you over and over again. Or, or I don't know, maybe it was a disappointment at work or a financial failure. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you look back and and you can think of times when your soul didn't feel its worth because you felt used by someone, or I don't know. Maybe you felt ignored and cast aside by family or friends, or possibly passed over for an opportunity that you so wanted to come your way. But we've all had times like that, haven't we? Haven't we? I mean, haven't we all had times where, you know, if we were honest, we'd say, yeah, you know what, my, my soul, it, it didn't feel its worth. And I, I think in some ways, Christmas can sort of magnify those feelings, you know. Uh, we, we can look around, and, and sometimes it seems like everybody's so happy. Or, or, or if we're single, you know, you look around, there's so much emphasis on romance and family. Or even if you do have family, I think sometimes this time of year, we kind of look at our family, and we, we, we size it up, a little, and we go, you know, it's just not what I hoped or dreamed it would be. And so, again, our soul doesn't necessarily feel its worth. And I got to tell you, I mean, there have been more than a few seasons, even as an adult, when my soul hasn't felt its worth. Like, you know, early on in my marriage, you know, when I thought conflict meant failure, and I would just push my wife, Lisa, to the brink of insanity, trying to resolve disagreements on my timeline, disregarding her feelings. Or as a pastor, you know, there are times when I... Uh, I feel like I'm not measuring up to some sort of standard I've set for myself or some, you know, unspoken standard that I feel like maybe other people have for me. And then other times, you know, our our soul doesn't feel its worth because we neglect it. We neglect it. You know, Dallas Willard, uh, a former professor of philosophy at USC, a just prolific writer, tells of a time when someone came and asked him, Uh, professor willard why is it that i seem to be so driven to be a success why am i never satisfied why do i feel a deep secret loneliness Uh, why is it that i have a bunch of degrees and success in my career but i'm still not sure who i am and then willard uh, replied with these words check this out on the screen here he said the most important thing in your life is not what you do it's who you become that's what you will take into eternity You're an unceasing spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. That's the most important thing for you to know about you. You should write that down. I like this. Take a picture, he says. You should repeat it regularly. Your soul is not just something that lives on after your body dies. It is the most important thing about you. It is your life. And so, sure, you know, circumstances can leave us feeling like our soul isn't worth much. And, and oftentimes, uh, you know, we, we kind of just abandon our souls in, in pursuit of something else. But, but listen to this statement, okay? There's good news today, okay? Just because someone isn't aware of something's value does not mean it's worthless. And so today I want to talk about, you know, someone whose soul didn't likely feel its worth. And I'm going to go back to the very beginning of the Christmas story in in Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's the third book in the New Testament. Luke was a doctor, a follower of Jesus, and and this is how he told the story. He said, God sent an angel named Gabriel to a teenage girl named Mary, who lived in a tiny little town called Nazareth. And Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. When this angel shares some just crazy and unexpected news. And he tells Mary that she's pregnant and that she's going to have a baby boy named Jesus. Now, for some, you know, I think we've heard this story so many times, we can easily forget the significance of what's happening here, okay? I mean, Mary was already a poor, single, young woman. And and back then, that placed you just a a little ahead of livestock. And now she was going to be pregnant and unmarried. I mean, there would be, you know, finger-pointing, questioning glances, and more than a few whispers of accusation. And so there's plenty of reason for Mary's soul not to feel its worth. And while the angel's news had to be just extremely troubling, he reassured her that it really was great news. This is great news. He promised her that God would be with her and that she would be blessed with an opportunity to play a huge part in God's story of redeeming the world, that the baby growing inside of her would be the son of God whose birth would change everything. And as that reality begins to sink in, Mary responds, and she responds with a song of praise. Her words are often referred to as the Magnificat. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And you know what I think is happening here? You know what I think is happening with Mary here? I think in this moment, Mary's soul begins to feel its worth. I mean, you know, for most of her life, she probably felt small, insignificant, and quite unremarkable. But yet, I think in this moment, her soul felt its worth, and she responds with a song of praise. Her heart is exploding in worship and gratitude to God. Now, you know, Mary's soul was every bit as valuable before the angel came to her as it was after. But you know what? Mary needed a reminder. Mary needed a reminder. And you know what? Don't we also need a similar reminder? I'll tell you what. Let me, let me illustrate it this way, okay? I'm going to need a little bit of help. I'm going to come down here. Don't, don't let me scare anybody too much. But I need, a, I, need, I need a volunteer, okay? Can I get a volunteer? Anybody? What if I start, like, pulling a dollar bill out of my pocket? Would you like to volunteer? Would you like a 20? Okay, he, he said, yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> You're a bold man. What's your name? Uh, Joaquin. Oh, Joaquin. Let's give it up for Joaquin oh, for being brave, okay? Yeah. Joaquin seemed just a little more receptive when I pulled the dollar bill out. Wow. Okay, now Joaquin, I have a nice, crisp, clean $20 bill here. Would you like this $20 biller? Okay, you didn't hear him, but he said, yeah, sure. Okay, now, Joaquin, I'm going to do this. I'm going to wad this dollar bill up like this and just kind of crunch it up, crumple it up. Do you still want this $20 bill? You do. you sure? Okay, well, now, what if I, you know, throw it on the ground and I stomp on it real good? And maybe even some of the dirt off of my shoe kind of gets on the dollar bill. Do you still want it? (laughs) That was a resounding yes, people. All right? All right. Why do you want that $20 bill? Because it's still worth $20, right? I can stomp on it. I can crumple it up. I can do all sorts of things to it. But it's still worth $20. Let's give Joaquin a hand for being a good sport. It's all yours. There you go. You won't believe what happened at church this week. They were giving away money. (laughs) You got to come to my church. (laughs) You see, Mary's soul, Mary's soul was of great worth. See, even when she didn't have any circumstantial evidence to feel it, even on those days when she felt crumpled up and maybe even stomped on, Mary's soul was of great worth. And now she sings these words of praise to God, and I think her soul finally really begins to feel its worth. Remember, just because someone isn't aware of something's value doesn't make it worthless. So what was it that helped Mary's soul feel its worth? I mean, what what was that? Well, first, God came near to Mary. Yeah, God came near to her through the messenger that he sent and through this mind-blowing declaration that his son was actually forming as a baby within her. Can you imagine? Allow yourselves to step into her sandals for a moment. She gets this mind-blowing news that this baby formed within her is going to be God's son. Now, just this week, a friend of mine and my wife, Lisa, let us know that they were expecting for the first time. And so what's my follow-up question? I asked them what? When do you do? Right, yeah. And then I said, well, do you know the gender of the baby? Right? And they said, yeah. Well, I mean, imagine what it would be like if Mary were alive today and someone were to ask her, do you know the gender of the baby? She said, yeah, it's a boy. And then under her breath, she would say, who's going to save the whole freaking world? (laughs) I mean, moms are proud, aren't they? I mean, come on. All right, it reminds me of a Christmas card I got. Take a look at this. Well, if it isn't Joseph and Mary, <laughs> it's kind of a slow build there, isn't it? Yeah. Wow, that's a very slow build. But you know, God came as near to Mary as he possibly could come, didn't he? And her soul felt its worth. But you know, something kind of happens when important people come to us, doesn't it? You ever felt that? You ever had that experience? I, I've met a few famous people, and it always makes you feel just a little bit more valuable, doesn't it? I'll never forget one of the first times I interacted with best-selling author Rick Warren. He wrote the book Purpose-Driven Life. It's like the second best-selling book of all time. We'd met one time before, and then I saw him about a year later, and he says this. He says, John, how are you? I've heard so many good things about you. Now, there is no chance he'd heard anything about me. Okay, I'm not that naive, okay? (laughs) But you know what? The fact that he talked to me and interacted with me made me feel just a little more valuable in those moments. Now, multiply that by about a billion times, folks, and that's what Mary felt. God came near and was living inside of her. Now, don't miss this. Don't miss this. See, Christmas means that God came near Emmanuel means God with us Yeah, God came into our world, he lived and he died and he came back to life in the midst of our loneliness, our everydayness and our brokenness he came to rescue us may our souls feel their worth You see, when you find your way back to God and you decide to follow Jesus like Corey here, his spirit comes to life inside of you. God comes near to you every moment of every day. May your soul feel its worth. Well, there was something else that helped Mary's soul feel her worth. God commissions her. Yeah, he gives her a mission. God entrusted Mary with bringing Jesus into the world. He gave her the opportunity to play a huge role in a story that could change the course of history. Now, think about that for just a moment, okay? It was a woman who brought Jesus to the world. I mean, God could have done this any way he wanted to, and I can't tell you how countercultural this really was, but he chose a young girl. Yes, God was and is an equal opportunity employer. He is (laughs) pro-women. And the angel Gabriel said to Mary, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So Mary hears this grand announcement of God's intentions and then asks an understandable question How will this be? Since I am a virgin. And, and, you know, I think at this point, Mary must have all of a sudden remembered her circumstances. Okay, I'm, I'm a poor young woman. I've barely been noticed by anybody. I have no track record of doing anything significant. But there's something going on here that I, I want us to notice. See, Mary is being, I think, lifted out of her small and narrow view of her own story and commissioned by God to join his bigger story to restore and reach the world. And just when she had to kind of be nodding her head in disbelief, asking, how will this possibly be, the angel responds by saying, Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. See, God gives her a mission that is so much bigger than herself. It's going to require so much more energy than she could ever muster up on her own. And when the angel announces this absurd, kind of inconceivable plan, he promises her the power that she's going to need to accomplish this mission will come from God's Spirit. See, Mary also felt her worth when God commissioned her. She began to realize her potential value. See, we all have intrinsic value. No matter what your circumstances, no matter who you are, you have intrinsic value. A $20 bill is always worth $20. It has intrinsic value. As people created in the image of God, we are valuable. But you see here, we also have potential value. And just like, Mary, God wants to work through us to change the world. And he has commissioned every single one of us to play a part in his mission. And when we realize that and respond to it, you see, our souls are awakened. We come alive to what we are here for. And our soul can feel its worth, I think, in a whole new way. (laughs) And every once in a while I think back to how Community Christian Church got started. And, you know, there was just about five of us. And, you know, the truth is we weren't that much older than Mary (laughs) Uh, Some of us were still virgins. (laughs) I'm not kidding. (laughs) I've often thought that this church was actually an immaculate conception. (laughs) You know, I was 23, Dave was 25, and I've often said, you know, I can believe that people came one time, I just can't believe they came back. You know, they they came and probably were thinking, okay, that's nice, they have seen the youth group, where's the big church? (laughs) But, you know, looking back, I know that it was only because God's spirit was alive and he saw the potential in what would become Community Christian Church. Don't miss this, folks. God wants to work through you for something much, much larger than yourself. God wants to work through you for something much, much larger than yourself. And his vision for your life, it's it's always packaged with his power to fulfill it, power to sustain you when criticism shouts, doubt overwhelms, and fear paralyzes. And I think every one of us, we long for our lives to count, don't we? I mean, to, to have purpose. We so want to give ourselves to something bigger than ourselves and never lose sight of the fact that when we find our way back to God, you see, we are commissioned by God and empowered by his spirit to help others find their way back to God. And that doesn't mean we have to quit our jobs or move, you know, halfway across the globe. But what it does mean is with his spirit's power living inside of us, we can reach and restore the people and the places we come across every single day. And I'm telling you, the best way we can go about that mission is to simply bless those people and places. And I can't think of a better time of year to do that than this season. We simply go about blessing them. Do you remember the blessed practices, help me out. Show, let me show my hands. We have to talked about this for a while. Yeah, it's a simple way to remember how you can be about the mission every single day when you wake up. This is what it looks like to reach and restore God's world. B is for begin with prayer. You know, anybody can do this. I mean, just pray for the people and places that you come across. And you don't have to, like, you know, walk up to somebody and and put your hand on them and say, I'm going to pray for you now. They don't even know that you're praying. Somebody challenged me a while back and said, you know, there are people that you come across every single day that have never, ever in their life had someone pray for them in any way. Imagine that. You could be the first. L is for listen. Yeah, people long for someone to listen to their hopes, their dreams, and their fears. You can be that person. E is for eat. How, how hard is that this time of year? I mean, you have to work to not eat. But we know sharing a meal with someone, you know, there's just something about that that takes a relationship from an acquaintance to friendship faster than almost anything we can do. And then that first S is serve. Look for tangible ways to help. And then finally, the second S is story. And eventually, you'll have the opportunity to tell your story of how you found your way back to God. But that's what it looks like to be on mission, to reach people who are far from God and restore God's dream for our world. Just bless the people and the places around you. What if community became known as a church that simply blessed the people and places around us? Uh, We're gonna celebrate communion. Uh, We do this every week here at Community. We welcome anyone who's on this journey of finding their way back to God to celebrate with us the bread that we eat represents Christ's body. The juice that we drink represents his blood that was shed on the cross, and it reminds us that not only did Jesus come near, he lived among us, he died, and he came back to life. On that holy night, you see, God declared that we have value. We have intrinsic value because we are created in the image of God, and he wants his spirit to come to life inside of us. We also have potential value as God commissions us to join him in his plan to reach and restore the world. Oh, holy night, oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. In a moment, the bread's going to be passed. The ushers are going to come forward. The juice will be passed. I want you to hold on to that bread and that juice. We have a special moment for you. Where we're going to take it together. And remember, just because someone isn't aware of something's value doesn't make it worthless. Mary's soul felt its worth. And the same thing that happened to Mary can happen to every single one of you. God wants to come to life inside of you. And He wants to give you a mission and a purpose that can change your world. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today and it's just such an amazing time of year. Lord, we are more than anything grateful that you came near through your son, Jesus, who was born, lived, died, it came back to life so that we could have hope, we could have a future, we could have forgiveness, we could experience grace and mercy and, and, and community in ways we could never experience it otherwise. And Lord, You commission us. You give us the opportunity to be a part of a a story that's much bigger than our own story, a story that includes us in your grand story of reaching and restoring this world. God, we love you. We thank you for that holy night. May our souls feel their worth. Amen.